Diablo Bang. Yeah, I fucking forgot how to start it. I know. Did you have a good night month? <laughs> night month? Yeah, Hans, how was your night? Did you have a good night court? Fine, I'm just getting into it. Please, Please do. Please rise. <laughs> Please rise. Court! <laughs> we're back, baby. It's been a while. If you couldn't tell by that sweet 60 seconds, we're back and <laughs> as regular as ever. Oh, yep. Still haven't got it ironed out. Has anybody yeah. played with that like phrase? There's always back and better than ever. Has anybody, like, is there a dad shirt that's like, I'm back? You know me. <laughs> same old, same, same old guy. I guess that I'm wouldn't sell. A little fatter. That shirt wouldn't sell because it's too much explanation. You'd be like, you know, I'm back, better than ever. This one just says I'm back. My name's Gary. You know, it's a play. They're like, fucking, yeah, you are back, Gary, you son of a bitch. Uh, uh, the tag's still on the shirt. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, but we are back. And our names aren't we are Gary. Back. We're standing. We're standing. Uh, with us, as always, is the Honorable Hans Carl Freiwald. Hello. Seated at my right is ADA Ash Van Gehring. Hi. With our own little salty bailiff, Harvey Van Heel. Baby Selma. Baby Selma. And uh, big bailiff. Casey Van Heel. There he is. Oh, I was supposed to intro you. Yeah, it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute to get get refreshed. But yeah, so we are back in the night court mood. Mode. Back in the same as before. Uh, What are we, episode 19? Season 2? Thank you. Uh, We are season 2, ep 19. I couldn't tell you what case number that is for us. We got we got sweet stuff coming out this week. It's pretty sweet. You know, you take a little break, you get a little breather, and I think for Night Court, I think we did need a breather. This is a long-ass I mean, season. Yeah, there are three episodes, we were just talking about, there, after this, there are three episodes left in season two. Yeah. And one of them, spoiler alert, has Yakov Shmirnov. Oh, yeah, World War Three spoily! <laughs> uh... I feel like it's like, well, I feel like maybe people listening are like, yeah, but why didn't you take a break after the season? It's like when you're running on a treadmill and you're like, I'm going to do 25 minutes and you get to a, and, and, and that comes with a five minute cool down. That gets a five minute cool down. So you're about 15 minutes in. You go, we take about two minutes of the cool down now, walk it out and then I'll finish it out. And you get, now your heart rate's down and you got to get back up. So then you do another, maybe five minutes. You go. I got, you know, you banked that cool down time. So I could take a minute of the cool down and then you maybe don't press the uh, the speed button up all the way and you just coast finish oh, it. Yeah, in. You yeah. go, well, I got to cool down and I spent my cool down. Let's walk it out. I, I just say that because I ran and for the first. And then you get uh, annoyed with what's on the TV. So you got to slow down to find the right channel. I don't have cable here. So the only place I can get CNN is uh or the news I should say but I only watch CNN and they don't have MSNBC is at the gym but I have the shitty I will never buy another Apple product again oh my god we're back and our name's Gary we're back back, <laughs> back and rambling I only have the uh the connection that is only allowed for Apple iPhones or whatever and you never carry the adapter so I can't plug into CNN so I just have to watch it with the um closed captioning 
And it, I don't know if it's a national closed captioning guy. It can't be, because if that were the case, you'd have a professional. So I feel like I got the Charleston closed captioning guy who's got a Danish in one hand and and burned his lap with a hot cup of coffee because he is the worst closed captioning guy ever. I think it is national because if you go to any airport, they have CNN on. The closed captioning is always like five minutes behind. Um, Headline news is bad enough, but with like the 30 second. It's the live stuff that's the worst because for other shows like syndication and stuff, it's done, you know, in the middle of the night by like a grad student. Yeah, it's done by like a foundation or something. Yeah. During the day, you got old Gary doing it. Uh, yeah, they didn't get a taste of that Carnegie money. You spend that on the Big Bang Theory. That's right. You'd hate to miss some of Sheldon's nerdy jabs. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, is that show still on? Well, I should... Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> the Zynga Boys, that's for New Year. New Year, new pod. <laughs> Bazinga Boys. Oh, my Boy God. Girls. Bazinga, Bazinga Crew. The Bazingette. Sorry. We don't need to hashtag Bazinga. We don't need to separate sexes here. Speaking of sexes. Sexes. We got. We took a few weeks of our cool down. We used them now. And then we got to warm up. And it's taken, you know, that's all right. Returning with Married Alive. That's right. Nice play on words there. I got our description. Dan becomes engaged to an ugly ducky ducky Dan becomes engaged to an ugly duckling <laughs> Harris, but everyone is supp- Harris 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 Harris. <laughs> but ev- it's got an H. <laughs> but every I can't even read. But everyone is surprised to hear him swear. Oh, you know what? I'm done. I'm done reading the description. Let's just say old Danny boy meets an Harris, mm-hmm. and yep. she's the not quite the fairest. There we no, go. She is not. She no, she is not. So we start the episode uh, in court, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know someone just texted me. Uh, <laughs> we also we said before we got on the air. Hans Don't watched this episode it. a week ago. Fresh. I was feeding the baby when we Casey and I watched it. So the only you person with notes is Casey. Dependent on <laughs> I'm back and I'm Gary. I still can't take notes for shit. I got it. I got oh, it. I, I got it. It's going to be funny when I correct your notes even though I have no notes. Right, my first note has a, a lot of spelling errors in it, so. Well, let's let's hear it. Maybe it's spelled perfect. Uh so, Harris. So, yeah, Harris Bueller. Uh, so we start in court. Dan's uh, at his table, sort of setting up his files and folders, and we hear like a calamitous pratfall, and we go to see uh, just a like a you know nerdy bookish woman with a fur coat and classic eighties braces, just the giant grill, the headgear with the big giant bar in front like an old old kicker uh so the, those two are you know she helps him up and uh they start sort of flirting and mm-hmm. dan's really not into it why uh, isn't dan into a, it he's got a bushel of spinach wedged in her teeth 
Ugh. And she has she has one of those retainers on. Yeah. What is it? Like a. No, I mean it's for your yeah. It's for your teeth. I used to wear one. It. I don't know specifically what it was doing for her because she did not have braces. Yeah. But mine would attach to little like grooves in my braces, and it would help. It's it's to fix your jaw, like when you have. Yeah. So like, if you have an pull the jaw, like if you had an underbite or an back, overbite, like. I had an overbite that was really bad. So what I would do is not only would I wear braces, I would put that on at night, that retainer, and it would literally pull back my jawline. Gotcha. So could I have had one of those and it would have given me a chin? <laughs> that would be an extender. Just drilled into I don't know if that's possible. No? Just pull it out like you can that have scene in Beetlejuice? Hans, you can have two of mine. I'll send over my double and triple chin. You can have those. I was telling Meg, you got to be careful when you're talking like baby parts, because I was telling Meg, like, I hope our baby gets uh, uh, an in between between my no chin and your big chin. And she's like, big chin. <laughs> I was like, okay, because to me, like a big chin is like is like a gift from God, right? Because you know the grass is always greener. You've been kissed by the chin gods. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, well, you know, prominent. Yeah. It's well, like no, but me that, and I mean, Harlan Williams are the only two people with a chin of this stature. We we definitely had the conversation. We had the head conversation because I have an abnormally small head, and, and Casey's is abnormally big. Giant coconut. So we're still not quite sure where Harvey lands, but we're hoping it's in the middle. As long as she's got a round head, I think is is pretty good. Uh, she doesn't have she doesn't a helmet have on my, yet, so <laughs> doesn't have my build in her mom's head because she'll look like one of the Goombas <laughs> from the Mario movie. She'll look like <laughs> yeah, but that's she'll look unique. like the last scene of Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> she's always going to be in Halloween costume. <laughs> it's February. Why is she still dressed as Tiny Head Beetlejuice? <laughs> I I again yeah I was I was always like whenever I saw that scene I I got a I got a real peanut head to the like you get it <laughs> I I think I've mentioned this before on jerk practice but like it just takes one comment and now I'm gonna go from chin oh, to yeah. head like one comment to make you self conscious at the right time and it's during puberty I think or during your formative years and it happened to me in seventh grade with a kid I really like and who I don't think. Uh, had any malice towards it but i was just in a uh, band i was we pl- we both played percussion and he just like l- he's looking around and he turns to me and he goes it's interesting everybody's kind of got normal noses and yours goes <laughs> and like doesn't and i never <laughs> focused on that and that was when i was 13 i'm 34 going on going on 35 now and i think about that Eh, maybe not daily anymore, but well, and I sure, don't mean like ruminate on it, but it'll like hit me like every morning. I look there. in the mirror. This kid affected a <laughs> person for my whole life. Every morning I look in the mirror because you do like a side look and you go, oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways, oh yeah, that like I remember being in the uh, supermarket with my mom, and uh, when I was just you know right at the sweet spot, right when you're about to hit puberty. Had that long curly mullet, oh, big yeah. glasses, and apparently a very soft Rubenesque 
physique because this woman was just like you have a very beautiful daughter mm. <laughs> so oh. it was built like a she, which was promised to a flemish merchant i had pixie cuts a lot so i got the the boy stuff because that was when seventh and eighth grade when baggy gap clothes were in oh yeah yeah so bag in the sag you're not wearing makeup really you're wearing baggy gap clothes that are you know completely gender neutral they made them for guys and gals and yeah we i got the that the other little figure i think something that happened to me recently that has stayed with me is there has been much debate i guess not really a debate many statements about who harvey looks like oh sure mm. And Hans, you started the bandwagon, but then it's carried on to multiple people since you. There goes, oh, she looks like Casey until she makes an angry face. And then I see her, you and her. Well, you got to have, you know what? That's so not a bad trait makes... to have, though. Let's be honest. It's good to have it a good stern done. face, a good grimace. Yeah. <laughs> but can snap people into so shape. every time she makes them like a disgusted face i'm like is that what i look like is that me <laughs> now i affected you in the same way in your post-pregnancy <laughs> yeah. um period where now every time you look at your child when she gets angry at you, you go fucking hans <laughs> <laughs> so that all that all came from our insecurities all come from i had braces too all come from this horrendous headgear Head uh, shout out to you, Verno. He had, and I don't like he had headgear. He looked like he was wearing a football helmet. For those of you who don't know, Verno, oh, go God. back oh, and listen to jerk practice. But yeah, and uh, and he's got beautiful teeth now, much more beautiful than mine because I was a dirty. So when I had braces, <laughs> I <laughs> continued to brush my teeth with the same amount of vigor I did prior. So when they unveiled the braces. I had like oh, no. calcium deposits that he was like, I was like, oh God. He's like, yeah, that's because you didn't brush your teeth, freak. And I went, okay, well, they'll go away. He went, no for life. And I was like, oh my God. So what I had to do in the same way you would pick uh, fool's gold from a mountain in South Dakota, I took um, safety pins and literally like a miner chipped away calcium deposits on my teeth. That's why they're not as present. Like, I just, like, uh, this is getting too much. You got like, that one sweet spot right there where it just, <laughs> you can feel it, a cool breeze. You like, had, ooh. oh, yeah, you right here everybody. on this tooth. Yeah, I have, a like, a big divot right there, yeah. Everybody, you had them in the palm of your hands, and they were like, yeah, we've all had that awkward stage. And then you're like, and then I took a safety pin to my calcium deposits. And everybody goes, no. No, no didn't do that did one. not do that. Before you started, <laughs> you were making the motion, and for whatever reason, in my mind, I was like, he used a metal ruler. <laughs> probably at some point i used to uh i still own my retainer and every once in a while i'll pop it in because i didn't wear my retainer properly i had to wear it i think uh every day for a couple months and then one night a month and i couldn't keep up my one night a month so my teeth spread apart again and every once in a while <laughs> wedge that retainer in from 1998 <laughs> And st like so, that's it's Just it's interesting. Just for last, baby. I was I was reading something like Thich Nhat Han, where where it's like you're this philosopher, where it's like you need to realize you need to stop trying to change yourself into who you think you'll be, and realize that you already are who you are, and that's good because yeah. I I figured oh, well chipping these calcium deposits. I love saying it now. Chipping these yeah. episode <laughs> name, chipping these calcium deposits. <laughs> 
will make me who I will someday be, which will be a guy with a perfect smile, which, you know, you equate to, uh, you know, like one of the pretty people. Where if I realize there's way more joy in realizing the person that I am is the guy that would pick calcium deposits off his teeth. <laughs> and that's way better because it's just it's more neurotic. It's it's more it's certainly just a little more unique. So getting back to uniqueness, we're going back to old brace face here. Uh, also, really quickly, because we're getting into it and she has headgear uh-huh. and um, spinach in her teeth, I'd like to point out that Mimi Kennedy is absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, but it is funny, still to this day, it hasn't really changed, but in the 80s, I think even more so, like, bad haircut, no makeup, and dowdy, like, ill-fitting clothing yeah, yeah. just auto- automatically meant ugly duckling. Like, they mm-hmm. didn't quote-unquote ugly her up, in no, my opinion. No, you're right. Opinion. They totally like, just, like, uh, messy, undone, unstyled hair. Which is now frumpy, the... Frumpy turtleneck. Right. And she, she totally, you know, she had character quirks mm-hmm. outside of looks that, that went into the annoyance of the character. Yeah. Um, you know, she was a little bit clumsy. Yeah, they didn't go but to central casting really for a real But it was just really funny because creep. the description does say ugly duckling, and I'm like, really? Or is she just a weirdo? Yeah, I'd lean more toward weird and not necessarily ugly duck. I guess ugly duckling implies that you will turn into the goose or whatever. Is that the, the fable? Uh, ugly duckling, pretty d- goose? Swan. Uh, well, goose is a swan, isn't it? Same, same family. Pretty much, yeah. They, all they come don't from dinosaurs. say pretty goose in the story. Pretty go- Yo, you're a pretty goose. Hey, you pretty goose. Uh, that sounds like something I'd say. I just uh, picture Anthony Edwards in a dress. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that the guy? He's a pretty goose. He's that, a pretty goose. Is that the guy from uh, ER? Yeah. yeah. It's Goose from Top He's, Gun. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I am. I am a bit. I am a bit rusty. <laughs> um. What was I going to say? I I want to, like, getting back to Mimi Kennedy, uh, I recognize the actress. Did anybody go ahead and look? No way. Nobody looked her up, right? Do we I, recognize I know her? who she is. Yeah. She's the most famous. The thing that I know her from is she's Dharma's mom in Dharma and Greg. Oh, okay. she's the hippie. She's the hippie dippy mom, but she's also a really big feminist activist. Like, um, you probably wouldn't know her for a lot of acting stuff. I think she's kind of one of those actors. Like, uh-huh. she just kind of pops up. Um, Oprah's and I running mate. That was her biggest claim to fame. But she's she's a very very active activist. Oh, that's cool. She's and she always to me in my head. I always picture her the wife opposite. Um. Sam Levine's dad from Freaks and Geeks. Oh. He was also the the scummy friend of Nick Cage in um, Raising Arizona. He's the oh, one wow. who proposes the wife swap. Like I picture her with him. Hmm. I, that I'm just like that. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know if that ever happened. Probably not. But then I do love that actor. <laughs> you, he did a stint on Friends. He was on Chandler's case. boss. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, so yeah, she's all over the map. And now every time, I guess for sadly enough, the Darman Greg one really stuck with me. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's sad. Darman Greg, you know, I liked that show. That I don't, good. I, I never. It we're never gonna do have a good Dharma and Greg, but why not? It was good. She was Dharma she Karma, was a funny character. Dar- oh. 
And didn't that one guy get fired from his job for kicking someone in the shins? Yeah, Thomas Gibson Is that got the fired husband? from Criminal Minds. Yeah, yeah Greg. Greg. He had a cush job on one of those CBS Criminal, Criminal Minds. Minds. But didn't he kick somebody in the shins and then call him like queer or something? <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm right, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it was like a executive producer who was directing that specific episode, yeah. People are so fucking intolerant. I can't believe it. it's not the shin. Well, the shin kick is enough to get off my shit. If somebody kicked me in the shins and I was the boss, but then to add a a, a, You'll never a, work a bigoted slur is like you fucking hobbit. Oh, I guess that was. <laughs> well, he's not. All right, all right, moving on. Um, but he's Greg. It's Greg from Dharma and Greg. That's the worst. Is when it's somebody. You know, it's it's like Michael Richards. You know, it the 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 contrast, which is leading me to my point. Uh, the contrast of character to um, uh, mishap. Let's put it. Everybody has a chance at redemption, even even bigots. It's her. Uh, I think the frumpiness contrast to the eighties. It's like you're not allowed to be frumpy if you have money. God forbid. Yeah. Right, makes her even nerdier. Yeah, you can afford to make yourself. So yeah, I guess what well, we can just parlay that into taking the ball down the field more. Yeah. Um. So she is. She's talking with Dan, and Dan just spurns her advances because she, as we said, is this goofy, odd, odd bird of a woman. Uh, and then we get into the first case of the day, uh, and then Harry and Bull have some dumb gag about. Not using the correct court terms. So oh, when yeah. Harry's introduced, generally the bailiff will say, um, you know, the Honorable Harold T. Stone presiding. And he said, the Honorable Harold T. Stone running things. I mean, I shouldn't come down so hard on Bull because he basically does what I do every single episode of this podcast and just fumble the, the intro. Right. Um, so they have a, a, a gag back and forth about that. And then we get the first case of the day, which is uh, we have your like typical uh, rich person limo driver, British guy. Chauffeur. Hat. Chauffeur. And with a British accent. With a British oh, yeah. accent. And then uh, he apparently ran his limo into a carriage dr- driver. So he ran over a horse. Right. Yeah. So it's like the perfect night courty. You have this like stuffy British chauffeur and then just this dirty Central Park carriage driver. You ever take a carriage ride in New York? No. I mean, I guess I I, I hope to know that answer. What's your what's your stance on horse-drawn carriages in New York? Very against them. Yeah, the horses just look miserable. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. It's such a detriment to their health. Like, they shouldn't be on pavement like that. Um, they shouldn't be riding around. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally against it. There was, I don't know if they're doing it anymore, but I think de Blasio had been looking into, like, a motorized carriage. So you can still have the romantic aspect, mm-hmm. like the, the carriage feel. Without the poop smell? With that, and with also without the animals in general, and that's what they were trying to pass. And they'd be like um, environmentally friendly. I don't know if they'd be solely electric, but they would be minimal to the you know carbon footprint on the on the area. And I w- I'd be all for that. Yeah. I just anybody who thinks that that is a romantic thing because they've seen it in the movies. If you actually see it in real life. 
all the bells and whistles and bows that the horses have on them are completely withered and dirty. The horses look absolutely miserable. And like you said, Hans, it smells like horse shit. Yeah. You mean seeing a horse so depressed and broken that it's given up enough to just let flies crawl on its eyes? That doesn't turn your crank? Get you horny? I love that they're like... You don't get too close. And they put side blinders on horses so they don't see the basically the death that's around them at all times with these cars whipping by. Like, oh, no, that just keeps them calm. It's like, no, no, that's like putting uh, one of those uh, neck bracelets on on two prisoners. And if they get far enough apart, they'll explode. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good analogy. It's not. But... um, how, whoa, how did we get on that? Oh, carriage driver. We yeah, yeah, yeah. About the case, the first yeah. case, yeah. Uh, so then the carriage driver apparently w- took his riding crop out and whipped, whipped the <laughs> shit out of the him. chauffeur. Flogged him. <laughs> oh, um, I love that word, flogged. So they're, they're bickering and uh, like fighting over about what happened, and we're getting more and more of the story. Uh, and then we hear... Uh, Mimi Kennedy's voice again, and she's like, I think I can help, and she falls down. Uh, But then we find out it is her chauffeur. Her name is Patty Douglas, and she is, as we mentioned, an heiress to over $40 million. Not a bad call. Which, remember, in 1985, that's like us saying right now, $40 billion. No. No, and I, I don't mean for inflation that's what it would be worth. I'm saying that that's the we con- talk, yes. yes. Yeah, we yes. talk about millions fairly frequently right. nowadays, but being like one million is sure. an unattainable, huge, insane amount back in 1985. So 40 million would be the equivalent, not again, not inflation-wise, but it would be the equivalent of us saying she's a $40 billion heiress. It's yeah. that $40 million big of was a deal. as high as they could think, yeah. could it, fathom. Like, yeah. Anything higher than that would be absurd. That's interesting. Like, the motto, or the, uh, yeah, the motto in the 80s was work hard and be a millionaire. And now it's like, if you reach a certain age in the United States, and they're like, you know, how you say you're 50, and they're like, how you doing? Like, if you're like, if you don't have a million dollars in the bank, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna die in the streets." Like, I hope you don't. I hope you don't live past sixty-five because you can't survive. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, and I say yeah, that so as Patty- a man who will die in the streets, obviously. Of course. Oh yeah. The game is over. Um, <laughs> You've also made the decision to start living a really healthy life. So bully Oof. for you, but have fun that last twenty years when we're all dead. <laughs> when you're a hundred and fifteen. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I can I do something great and then drown in a river or something. I don't, moving on. <laughs> you get one of those like old-timey Teddy Roosevelt demises where you just went on an expedition and never returned. I might have gotten bit by something on the plantation because now like my – oh, God, now my right leg is really numb. It's been numb for like two days. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think it was the no, it was the treadmill. Just, it was all that treadmill. You just hear Rod Howard's voiceover, and they never did another podcast again. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 but I also fell on my bike in the most. Uh, it, it, what the fuck? Yeah, I take it back. You're dying before we are. <laughs> no, I, I, again, the you know, I had that bike accident a year ago where I got hit by a car. This one was. <laughs> yeah. 
when I got so what happened is I was riding my bike. I like to I like to go fast, but I was really zipping trying to get home. And what had happened is something had fallen off my bike on the way. So I went to go do some work at a coffee shop, and I was on my way back home from this coffee shop, and some my air pump had fallen off my bike. And instead, I saw it. I didn't. I process. It took me a minute to process that it was mine as I was about to get to it. And then something in my head clicked mine, and instead of coming to a reasonable stop, my uh, the the uh, synapse in my brain went to my hands to just slam on my brakes, like just oh like full speed, full stop, yeah. and I went flying to the point where, like comically, I was swimming through the air. Whoa, whoa. The only reason my whole brim of my well, it's my other hat. My whole brim of my hat is because I wear my hat under my helmet, worn away. These glasses are all etched, like like uh, sheared away down here. The only thing that saved my entire face from ripping off is that I was wearing a hat, and it was one of those things where I got up, and you know, I just I feel like a little bit this way, a little bit that way, like broken neck, like dead on the side of the road, all from the st- just. Just the stupid, like, quick reaction. It took that long, and I woke up. My ears were ringing. I was like, ah, like, just like couldn't like, and that's like, it's, it's amazing how quick something like that can happen. So it's, it's like you're getting a private Ryan. You're just like, oh yes, holding yes. your guts in, like, <laughs> yes. I'm that guy that took off my bike helmet, and they're like, you lucky bastard, pushing, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a Nazi sniper in Charleston. <laughs> and you're looking at him. All right. So here we go. Uh, we're on the case. Uh, yeah. So Patty offers to uh, give the uh, uh, carriage driver one of her, her horses from her stable. Yes. Like a thoroughbred. And uh, that, like, they both Solves they it. agree. Solves the problem. I do Dan like drops the, the case line that the chauffeur has, like, because they're like, "Well, what about the actual beating?" And Patty's like, "Oh, you know what? We can just forget that." And then, you know, obviously the chauffeur has no say in it. He's just like, "Oh, right, the flogging was just a bit of fun," and it was really funny, like, because he delivered it a lot better than I just did. No, no, no. I, I, I. That line took me down a, a weird path where I was like. Could I ever have a servant? I don't think so because I'm too nice. They'd end up, I'd end up being their servant. There's just something (laughs) about an uptight British man saying flogging that is too good. It was, it was beautiful. I thought we were going to. There are a lot of little one liners that I liked this episode Hmm, too. I'm going to continue to bring them up. Spoiler alert. I thought we were going to get a lot more of stuffy British chauffeur. Yeah, I agree because. It's you know they're on the, they're supposed job. to be at the hip yeah yeah absolutely, but that sadly we get we get better stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, the case is resolved, and my note as far as my notes is uh, time for a little Patty dinner. Asks, yeah, Patty asks Dan out for drinks and dinner, and uh, and he's and then, aware of the the money situation now. We yeah, all are yeah. aware of Dan's money situation. Yeah, he's a skis and a scummer, and he's always broke, so we're like, okay, here we go. He's going to take this heiress for a ride and try and make a few shekels in the process. But he first says no. And you're like, oh, Dan's turning a new leaf. Yeah. And he quickly says yes. Of course I am. Quickly says yes. 
but then admits like I'm not taking her out. Like he because he doesn't want to be seen <laughs> yeah. with her. Yeah, right. He's like, I'll just take her back to my place. Gross. That's a gross move. And then we're at introduction. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, then we come back and we're in the cafeteria again. And, Long time uh, no see. Time ha- It seems that about a week has passed since the previous scene. Yep. Um, or a few days at the very least. I think it's been more than that because weren't they together for 14 in total? 14 weeks? Days. Days. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so a few days have passed. They have gone on a, on <laughs> a few days. On Monday? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Patty and Dan are eating. They're on that Dan side is, table. That, the table yeah, away. The classic date table. Date table. Chef, it's like a chef's table at the cafeteria. It really, yeah, no, it really is. It's the chef's table that's like would be in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, right. You get to, you're all up in the action, in the biz. The business. Uh, so uh, Patty is eating and just like we now we see some of her quirks like bad jokes. She's got a very grating laugh. Bad jokes. She can't seem to get all the food into her mouth. She puts it on her face first. Yeah. Condiments are magnetized to her face. It's pretty gross. Just a condiment. Uh, uh, not a condiment guy. Just because they picked like a r- blue cheese, cottage cheese, ranchy type looking thing. Yeah, it was a very gloppy So I was and just like, white. I was Nothing like, really? About that. They went there. Yeah. Although cottage yeah, ranch. Good. Hmm. Trademarked. Yeah. That could work. That could work. A little cottage uh, ranch. We were, we, were ju- we were all just in South Dakota for two weeks. Uh, Jesse... Casey's brother puts ranch on everything. My body is cottage ranch. My body is never going back to South Dakota again. (laughs) We'll talk about it later. (laughs) That was my, I think that was really my swan song. I don't think I'll ever go back. (laughs) I I don't know if that's a question or not. Are you like George Costanza? You're like, and I'm out. out. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And even my parents were like, I think he's out because they started like giving me their stuff. Like Christmas ornaments are like you're gonna want these, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is really my last Christmas here." I don't know how I feel about it. And then it was twenty below zero, and I was like, "I'm never. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out." <laughs> oh, look, good sushi. They got good house. sushi there. We never got to go, but we did pass it. I will also say we saw your parents our last night, oh, yeah. and they were absolutely lovely. Yeah, it was fun, and they are just such fun people. And I need their address in South Dakota because we will send them something. I forget. They thought initially they were, uh, they misheard. They were, oh, what they thought Harvey's name was something else. Like Hanklin or something. <laughs> something insane. <laughs> they, <laughs> Rita Williams called her Herbie. Herbie. Her, that's oh, right. that's a great name. Actually, not for Harvey. Harvey's Harvey, but Herbie's a good name, actually. Herb. Speaking of Herbie. Herbie. Oh, wait. I think it's separate. It's separate, but. Speaking of sitcoms, and Herbie's not my mother, the car, but it is a talking car. Well, Luther. Luther died. Yeah. Jerry Van Dyke. Jerry Van Luther. Yeah. He was a handsome man. He looked, I thought he and his brother were twins almost when they went back and did the in memoriam and showed old pictures. Yeah, I did not, I did not realize that he was so handsome in his younger years because I I didn't watch him in his younger years. No. In anything. 
I mean, you didn't tune into. They're not playing "My Mother the Car" on the Laugh Network. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm so, I don't get Laugh anymore. Anyway, I'm sure we'll see him on Night Court. Do you want to put a wa- wa- wager on it? You think we? Hey, when was hold. Coach? Coach was the mid '90s. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Coach ran for so, ten seasons. You guys, really? Does that seem crazy to you? That's a third of our lifetime. Ooh, a little under, I guess. That's crazy. Yeah, right? that's insane. Were they like half seasons? Like they're like tw- like they're after like winter hiatus, they come back court, and it's like technically not plus. That's prime that's... time '90s sitcom. Re, that's that's, that's... maybe the first season again. Usually that tends to be because it airs a little later, like a twelve or an eight. But I'm sure it's they a were rocking twenty-four, right? Yeah. Well, they spiced it up because he he moved down to Florida to coach pro with Sexy Mona as the owner. With Sexy Mona. Uh oh, uh, we still cast Coach Cast. God. Uh, all right, let's get uh, back to it. Uh, so yeah, they're hanging out at the, as we said, at the chef's table in the cafeteria. Uh, this is where when we find out specifically that Dan is broke, uh, flat broke. Oh, yeah. He's just ignoring her. He's being classic Dan. As far as we're like, he's just in it for the money. Um, but we find out his pet name is Monkey because during sex he and then he gets cut off. Well, and and yes, that's where the joke was going. But she says, no, it's because the sound you make when we and he cuts her off. So we assume it's sex. Knocking boots. Oh, we never really hear about Dan actually having sex before. Yeah, it may also be something else. Maybe something else. Possibly. Um, So Harry comes in and he. The intention is sex. At this point, Uh, it's kind of like hearing your parents have sex with these characters now. Like, I don't, I don't want to think about it. When yeah. we recorded that thing, we purposefully made it as goofy as possible because we were like, we feel yeah. weird doing this. It's like doing a yeah, erotic drama about your aunt and uncle. Oh, just, that's just funny, though. Feel right. Mom and dad, uh, what, what, fan fiction, sexual, it's, that's horrendous. <laughs> yeah, that is, <laughs> ama- that is an amazing fiction. bit. Wow, You really that's just good. turned, like, watching your face... As you came oh, up with that up. was beautiful because you lit up and then really grossed yourself out. <laughs> oh, that's a good bit. It is gross, but I think that would gross a, an audience out. Um, <laughs> would it though? I wonder. Yes, because as soon as you, you say mom like and dad, a... they put their own parents in their head, which is what you're going. Yeah, for. but yes. What if what if their parents are divorced and they always wanted them back together? Ooh, that's and the that, turn. Then that think? person's a serial killer. <laughs> I hope mom and dad get back together and have sex. <laughs> We're staying apart. In fact, you're not going to go stay with your dad. You're not going to stay with me. You're going to go stay in a hotel. You're, you're a ward of the state now. Your mom and dad and I are getting divorced from you. <laughs> Actually, that sounds familiar. I think that's a sketch. That might be on like the Ben Stiller show or something. If not, boom, two sketches in less than two minutes. Look at that. 30 seconds. You said we were rusty. I know, it just takes a minute to squeak, 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 oily, oily. Well, we're for about 40 minutes yeah. in and we've gotten to the second scene. So. Well, I I, sh- I was just about to say, we laugh about... Like, I don't got a ton of notes. We laugh about like our meandering. You could set a goddamn... You can set your watch to our 30 minutes until the intro starts. I happened to look over... And it was, you went boom, do, 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 and it was 30 minutes clicking over to 30 minutes in one second. It was perfect. 
You, yeah, you could fit the entire episode into us getting to the intro of the show. Most That's people probably day, just though. get to the intro. This should this this podcast should be <laughs> just... called Night Court Intros. <laughs> Before credits, which is thirty minutes up top, and that's it. Oh my god, we could put that in as like, well, you just listen to half minutes. Like you put like mini sods. A lot of people like if you just want to taste, just intro it. <laughs> intro sode. All right, great. Uh, so getting back on track. Yes, let's do uh, it. Harry. Oh comes, yes, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Harry comes into the cafeteria. And joins the crew. Mm-hmm. They are all disgusted with Dan because they are like, he is in it for the money. Right. Like, he's being a ski. Especially he's being Billy. A yeah. Especially Billy. She's coming down hard. Uh, but Harry is like, maybe not. You know, have faith. Faith, yeah. Maybe it's not about the money. Maybe he likes the way she dresses, the way she laughs. And then he, he looks and the, the way she dribbles tartar sauce down yeah. her chin. And then oh, Mac goes, oh, so good. Do you have the line, honey? Yeah. Kind of puts money back on top, doesn't it, sir? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great one-liner, too. Like, it was just so perfect. Um. So, yeah. So, Harry's in defense of, of Dan. Yeah. He He's giving faith. Dan the benefit of the doubt. I'd also like to say, we. It, it's been a while so it really is, I'm having a hard time remembering, but I feel like Harry, his character has shifted a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this this episode is Like, he's indication. cooler. Yeah. yeah we, he's way chill. Because he's, he's, um, uh, empathic. He's open. He's trusting. And again, no spoilers, uh, there is not a fucking Kaiser Harry monologue at, at any point in this episode. No, and I think that's why I really liked it. Yeah, because he's just cool. He's cool. Like, I believe it now. If this is the Harry we saw and everyone's like, he's the coolest judge in New York, he'd be like, I can believe that. And yeah, he has, totally. He wears like a normal corduroy blazer without shoulder pads. And <laughs> right, he's yeah. not wearing hammer pants, you know, like just from a visual aspect, he's looking, he's not trying to be cool. He's called. Well, he Professor doesn't have cool. magic tricks in his pockets at any given time. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, sm- small tidbit. I, I'm digging the new Harry. I hope yeah. new Harry he'll be stays. Sticks around. Because next episode, he's teaming up. Oh, boy. Uh, so then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we come back to the courtroom and uh, getting set up for the day, getting set up to move on with more cases. Uh, and we find out that Dan is getting married to Patty. Mm-hmm. As spoiled by Dan's buddy, the hobo. Right, of course. Which In the I th- think his name is Douglas? Is that what he called him? But this character returns. I remember this character, or one very much like him. He's like Dan's secretary. Uh, no, are like you talking about Blackie Dammit? Similar to Blackie mm. Dammit, I should say. I know that's not him. Yeah. Blackie Damage Yeah, under I think a this character sticks around, I believe. Oh, like really? They're adding like an art style side character now? Yeah, I at least from growing up, I remember Dan always having a skeezy homeless guy as his sort of like I think it's the one that I think it's the one that was on the payphone from previous episodes. Right. Not this guy. The, he was putting in the orders for 
right? Or is that right. Blackie? Yeah. That was Anthony Kiedis's dad, right? Blackie, damn it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that, I think that's who comes back. Gotcha. I don't know. Either I could be way, wrong. The dirty Blackie Dammit esque hobo uh, blows up Harry or blows up Dan's spot and spoils it that they're getting getting hitched after two weeks. After two whole weeks, they barely know each other. Uh, so then we we cut to uh, Lucky Jacks, and the boys are out on the town. Uh, uh, no restaurant play here, by the way. No, like, Mm-mm. like Meg's like, is that the restaurant? That's the restaurant they always go to. I was like, it is, but it's not. They didn't yeah, focus no on it this time because they. It's always been a different cuisine, a different something. This is just mm-hmm. standard restaurant at the table, flat champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a great gag. So they're sitting there. Harry, the waiter, brings over a bottle of champagne. Harry's like, "We're celebrating. My friend Dan's getting married." The waiter goes, congratulations, and fucking Larroquette just says, go away or I'll kill you. <laughs> right. So he, I mean, is he, uh, we're to believe he's reticent about getting married thus far to her. Right. They have done a great job of setting it up. As it stands now, Dan's getting married for money. He is not attracted to Patty whatsoever. Right. Sure. In fact, it, seemingly he's disgusted by her. Yeah. Um, so he is not happy. Uh, the rest of the, the fellas roll in, and Bull lets everybody know that he's got a surprise for Dan. A surprise of the stripper variety. Oh, yes! Very exotic. Phyllis. Very expensive. Stripper named Phyllis. So, I recognized Phyllis. Oh, okay. Phyllis... I thought she was going to be the aunt, like Catherine O'Hara's sister-in-law from Home Alone. It was not her. She is the wow. mother in the movie While You Were Sleeping. Sandra Bullock? Um, she's, no, she's Bill Pullman's mom um, in, in While You Were Sleeping. And she's been in a ton of other things like this, like one-off TV show characters, you know, on Chicago Hope or... Things like that. A lot of stuff in the 80s. Um, Why? Um, but yeah, so the I forget her name. And right now I have the baby, so I can't pull it up. But she's an amazing actress. And she yeah. nailed it. She kills as it Phyllis. as Phyllis, the world's saltiest stripper. So she comes in. She looks great. Takes her trench coat off. But she talks like this. Hey, fellas. She's not exactly enthusiastic. Sexy. No, it's great. It's a great silly bit. So then she like lumbers over and plays a cassette and it's it's that belly dancing music. And she's like, hold basically hold on to your butts, fellas. It's going <laughs> to get really horny in here. And just like very unenthusiastically starts to dance around while talking about her children and like her bills. So she's not an appealing stripper. Let's not forget how disgusting it is. I think one to order a stripper, it's always been unappealing to me. But two to order a stripper to a public place, <laughs> right? And Bull loves it. He has the craziest like laugh. <laughs> yeah, he's just cackling. I think that's that cackle laugh when you're uncomfortable. Like he thought it was a good idea, and then when it is in fru, it's like it. Yeah, it when it comes to fruition in front of you, it's like. This it's like watching pornography with your friends when you're 12. You're like, this will be great because this is 
this is this not is, great. And you just go, oh, everything about this is uncomfortable. Um, um, so they're enjoying the uh, the decadent dance of Phyllis the stripper when uh, Mr. Douglas, Patty's father, walks in. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Looks like a mafia boss, and he's 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 got a goon on his arm as well. Biff. Biff the goon. Biff. Uh, so Douglas comes in and he walks up to Dan and is like, uh, I do, do research on anyone who's like courting my daughter. And I found out you're a low life scum broke, like just finds out he's the Dan's the worst of the worst. Really quick. I thought. This sorry was, to. Der- yeah. Sorry to derail. Um, when I think Biff, all I can think of is back to the future. Obviously, I'm sure course, everybody feels yeah. that way. Mm hmm. But I was like, what an interesting name. And around the same time, what the fuck is Biff? What is it short for? Yeah. Oh, Biff, oh, Biff, you, Bam, oh, Boom. Asking. I think it's Biff, Bam, Zoom. Like the old Batman and the old com- Was I know that's the old Batman serial where it's like, Zop, Biff. And I'm sh- I have a feeling it's from comics. Like when somebody got hit, it said Biff. So it was kind of like. Oh, yeah. You biffed it. You biffed it. You. So Biff is I'm just curious. like. Yeah, that's very night, interesting. Night, do our night court research and get a segment on Biff. Like, is it short for something? Like, is there? That's really yeah, interesting. Uh, Never thought about Biff Jimin. Biff Jimin. Biff Ford. <laughs> Biffston. Biffston checks in. <laughs> so, uh, oh, real so quick, off off of your side, I was thinking, I they actually took it in the direction. That makes sense to take it. I actually thought he was going to go an opposite direction and go like, I did research on you, Mr. Fielding, and I found out you're just like me, conniving, weaseling. You're going to, and I don't, I don't like, that's what I was thinking. But of course he went the right direction and said, you're a scumbag. No, I thought that too. This is where, this is where the episode takes the turn that I was not expecting at all, which ended up being great. So Mr. Douglas corners Dan and he's like, you will not marry my daughter. And Dan's like, I no, sir. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, that's a big yawn. Harvey knows that we're 50 minutes in. Um, so he's like, I can't. I love your daughter. I want to marry your daughter. What if I give you $20,000? Ooh, Dan. Sure. 30, 40. 50 final offer and dan is just flabbergasted doesn't know what to do and what was his but, portfolio uh, worth before it tanked wasn't it like seventy two thousand dollars yeah it was seventy eight thousand so he's back getting back on track yeah uh but dan says no you can take your offer and cram it and i think billy uh, and then uh uh Oh, I mean, we'll get to it, but they, they, you then make, Billy makes the argument. She's like, "Yeah, he's, of course he said no because he gets the big bucks he when the when he gets the ring, he, the long con." So he yeah. he says no, and Miss uh, Mr. Douglas is like, "So help me God, if you lay a finger on my daughter, if I found out you fooled around with her, once one way ticket to Soprano City." And Dan's like, "No, no." And then Biff, oh, so good, Ron, baby, just like big burly dude, mustache points at Dan and goes, and he means it too. 
right. It was so phenomenal. I died. I did not oh, see it, it so coming. Good. I didn't either. Those are those quote unquote silly or stupid bits that really, really work. Like yeah. it's fast, it's quick, and the payoff is so exponential like exponential. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I this I was so happy about scene it. It was great. Phyllis and then these two guys. Yeah, it was like, yeah. this is fantastic. Um so we come back and we're back in judges' chambers, and as Hans, as you mentioned, everybody there is dead set that Dan is doing it for the money. Right, as you said, Billy says, "What's fit? You know, fifty thousand dollars is chump change compared to forty million dollars." Oh, real quick, by the way, they're all all the guys from the dinner have basically been poisoned because they've each oh, had a yes. glass and a half of that really bad champagne, but they're like actually like. Diarrhea, they're like Hung super yeah. sick, which basically means it was like maybe Bull put a little Mickey in it to get them all horned right. It's up like the beginning the of the ha- hangover. Yeah. Well, it's a twist off bottle because Harry makes the comment of like, "Oh, you know it's good champagne when it's a twist off." That's true. We forgot they open it. They all cheers and take a drink, and it's as if they drank lighter fluid, right? Like, <laughs> bleach. And I thought I uh, what I was expecting with that gag is that everybody would be like, "Oh," and then like Bull would just be like unfazed, like, "Yeah, right, like that's bel- the shit." He would belch a little fireball, like. Ugh. But even uh, even Bull, every single one of them just kind of writhed over in pain when they took it. Hi. Yeah, so you were right. They're all hungover and sick from this <laughs> champagne. Right. Mac goes so far as to say, "I'll never drink anything made in Dubuque ever again." Oh, that's such a weird. Toss. That's I a love good it. line. Yeah. Um, so Billy comes in, slams the door, and they're all like, "Billy, Jesus Christ, you're killing us!" <laughs> um, and then that's when she lays it out, like Dan's a scum, and if you can't see that he's a scumbag, you're, you're all an fools. idiot. Yeah. So Dan comes in, and they basically tell him as much, like you're a louse. Well, he comes in, and he's like, the, the, "Billy, Billy confronts him about it," and he turns around, he's like. Is that what everybody here thinks? That I must just in it for the money? They're like, no, 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 no. Yes, 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 we do. Yes, we do. Uh, and then fucking John Larroquette fucking slays. Masterclass in acting. Super emotional monologue about finding that one person and that one person being someone you can confide in and someone like you can be the real you and he's just like this amazing monologue about he's actually in love with patty like right. he loves this woman because she can do what no other woman he's encountered can do he can be himself to which i thought they were going to do a punch gag i thought he was going to pony off that emotion into a gag which he didn't no <laughs> no he just holds it but sincere. no, it was straight man. But it was serious. saved for Selma because she comes in and goes, oh, "I have the brie, you know, the court docket, Your Honor," and gives it to Billy Miss, and then basically goes to Dan and just says, "Scum of the earth," <laughs> and gives him the portfolio. Billy's been burned, or Billy uh, Selma's been burned too many times with bad marriages. She doesn't have. She um, ain't having it. So she got two good gigs because then Dan gives that monologue and he leaves. Like, so then they all sort of look at each other because they're embarrassed. Like they just told their friend that they thought he was a louse. So Selma, without a word, walks across the room to the window in Harry's office, unlocks it, and turns to them. He's like, 
Am I going to jump by myself or should we all do it together? <laughs> Again, there's somebody in that writer's room that's obsessed with a, uh, with a, with a, with 10 story dive. Everybody's jumping yeah. out windows. I guess that's the thing. That's the New York thing, isn't it? Ever since Taking the stock game, yeah. market crash, like the way yeah, out is Friday, you jump yeah. off the New York's known for their skyscrapers, but don't, but in the, they give skyscrapers like, um, uh, they personify them. They'll get you in the end if you're not careful, you money grubbing New Yorkers. Can't do it. Not not taking a gainer out of a out of a fucking skyscraper. Someone's got to clean that up. I don't want people seeing me all busted open on the fucking sidewalk. Disgusting. There's a few times where they end up on somebody. Fucking pigeons picking at you. Ugh. You know they would too. Uh yeah. So then uh we we're back and we go to the cafeteria. Uh, and uh, Patty comes in, and she has to call it off. She's calling off the wedding. Why is that, with Dan? Because her father said she'd he'd cut her off, and she has never not lived a day without money. Doesn't she say she's something like she's never? Yeah, she's never even done like folded socks or something crazy. She's like literally helpless. She the one time she did go out on her own, she had the chauffeur take her to their condo in Greenwich or in Ham- the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. And he, he, uh, she couldn't open a can cans. All that was there that was, was canned it. food, and she didn't know how to use a can opener. And his response isn't like there's no like not a big punch from the response from him. He's like genuinely like, you can get I through can. it. You can do this, right? I'll, he, I think he goes so he just goes. I'll open the cans for you. That's crazy. There was a documentary um, that was made by um, this kid. He was the heir, one of the heirs to the Johnson and Johnson fortune, and mm-hmm. it started out. He made this documentary because he was like, "I don't think people see this side of wealth." And it, he's making it when he's seventeen, and it starts, and it's going to culminate on his eighteenth birthday. And he starts his documentary. He says, uh, "On my eighteenth, on the the uh, when the clock hits midnight on my eighteenth birthday." I will have more money than the majority of you will ever spend in your lifetime combined. And so a horrible, like a, just a hard statement to swallow, right? Like what an asshole. But then he goes mm. on his friends. He's a New York elitist, right? Johnson and Johnson, um, you know, billions, billions, unlimited wealth. He goes on to talk to his friends, Ivanka Trump, uh, the heir to uh, the, the more JP Morgan, like all these kids who like just were born into this immaculate wealth. And one of the kid, one of the questions he asked, which is really poignant and all of them had the same answer in one way or another, which was really unsettling and disgusting. They said, what if you woke up tomorrow without any of the wealth and without hesitation, all of them in one way or another were like, Oh, I'd kill myself. I wouldn't want to live. Makes sense. If you haven't had to live, like, you know, for them, that's like just a part of their lives. Like, can you imagine not having a leg? Like, I don't know what the reference. So we were talking about that with my mom. Like, mm-hmm. I went to a private school and my dad taught there, so I was a faculty brat. But most of my friends were millionaires, right? And they just didn't understand the concept of like I couldn't go to the mall with them and spend four hundred dollars at a store just because i kind of liked the clothes like right i would have twenty dollars that i could spend sometimes i couldn't spend anything at all 
And it wasn't no one was ever rude or mean right. or condescending about it. They just didn't get it. That was that's exactly what uh, um, uh, Ivanka Trump said. They were like talking about like, what's it like having friendships? And she just went, I cannot have friendships with anyone under this monetary status. I think I'm putting it a little differently because she's like, not because of anything. She's just like, because they can't hang in so many words. You know what I mean? Like they just and legitimately can't keep up do what we do with yeah. unlimited funds. And she's right. Like how that would be so like, ugh, what a horrible feeling where it's like you go out to lunch. And you're like, I can't have anything. Uh, I'm literally these are the type of people that literally jet set to a European city for a weekend. And it's just like, again, yeah. $20. Yeah. No, when I was in high school, like I, we would go out to dinner and I would have to have like a salad. Oh, that's sad. In in the way that I can feel for that. Yeah. Like, and you just had to make sure that you were extraordinarily cautious as to what you were spending because you didn't have the money. And it's really easy to be in a group and not pay attention when they just don't understand the concept of money. Oh, yeah. Reminds me of when I would go on uh, field trips and my parents would give me $10. And as part of the field trip, I'm thinking of one where we went to like uh, some amusement park or something. I had $10 and I spent all $10 on fruit roll-ups in the first five minutes or something. And then on the way home, we stopped at Burger King. I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. These chicken sandwiches (laughs) look so good. And you can't yeah, accept roll up gut, and everybody kind of feels sorry sandwich. for you because they know you can't buy anything, but you're still standing in Burger King. Nothing worse than standing in a fast food place and not being able to buy any fast food. Ugh, that's a <laughs> weird feeling. Smell and watch, Ugh. and wait. Can we leave? Oh, and you have to sit at table because you can't just sit in the bus. Your your chaperones won't let you, so you have to sit at tables with nothing in front of you. Oh, that's got a weird the, feeling that's coming. The back Italian up in chicken life. sandwich combo with the large fry and the large drink, and you're just like, <laughs> it's not so even the food. hunger. It's like the just it's the so feeling cute. of stupidity. It's so cute too, because like your face is so genuine, and you also have this like Mark Borchard affectation now that you're talking about this. Oh, is that? Do you feel for him? She knows. Uh, so yeah, Patty chooses money over love, and she even they part ways, and she even says maybe someday when her old man kicks it. Oh yeah, maybe he'll get in, but you know, when Dan, the Gambino's Dan's gonna have a lot of soirees happening. Buried Mister Douglas underneath the, you know, Empire State Building. <laughs> right, he's gonna be wearing some cement shoes and Biff, because you know the sidekick always yeah. gets it too, and he means it too. Don't kill me, please. Oh my god! Oh boy! Oh, I gotta go. oh on that note, uh, uh, so Harry's consoling. Something horrendous just, happened there. Yeah, there was. I think she dropped a big one. Oh boy! Speaking of dropping a big one, who drops the big and closer on this one? Oh yeah, blonde biggins. <laughs> so yes. Harry's con- <laughs> Harry's consoling Dan, and he's just like, I don't know if I'll ever, I'll ever get over it. It's gonna take a lot of time. And then this like eighties blonde babe walks up and she's like She is a babe, let's be honest. Not to get show beyond it, but she's a babe. Eighties oh, babe, no, she's there's like nothing like classic them. blonde giant, like you know, she looks like Lonnie Anderson, like 
big blonde hair, just strapping. Barbie Blonde haired, blue eyed, Barbie doll woman. And she's like, Dan Fielding, you haven't called me back in two weeks. And basically she, she asked Dan out on a date and he's like, just had some crushing, you know, crushing real life things I've had to deal with. I, I may have to wait because she wants to do lunch. He's like, could you do an early dinner? I knew with that was her? coming. He's got that like foxy, that fox in the hen house smile. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Dan's going to get laid. Maybe. He doesn't and have any she money. Leaves. Let's, let's keep remembering Right, that. that's true, yeah. I'm not going to buy her he's any got, dinner. He's got a belly full of fruit roll-ups. He's got to figure out how to take this girl on a date when he's got no fucking money. <laughs> Sitting in fast food. Does Dan do all his work pro bono? Is he one of those guys that's like, it is actually true in certain states as a... No, I think that's as a prosecutor. As a prosecutor, when you pass the bar, you are required to take on a certain percentage of pro bono cases. Did you know that? Yeah. But I don't think as defense. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I forget. There's some, he works there's for the state. He's employed by the state. He's not getting paid that much. But I'm just thinking about like when we first moved to New York and like I worked at like Pinkberry or Starbucks, like. Like literally, I was as broke as Dan. Oh, hand but like mouth. having to having to go out and just that anxiety of like taking someone out for drinks when you're just like in your head, like, oh god, not another Long Island. That's twelve dollars. And if I if I have, you know, you're just like penny pinching. But oh, that's the worst. I mean, uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'll take. I'll have a soup. Right. I'm. I'm out after we're done with this. I'm going out. I'm delivering for Uber Eats now. Just trying oh, no to shit. trying to side gig it as much as Dan Fielding, man. <laughs> I was doing it yesterday. I was like, I guess I'm going to sign up for this. It's free. And then I just happened to keep my phone on as I drive and do chores. And I was like, Whoop. guess I'm delivering ribs to this to to Tracy P. So that's now what. And now I leave my house uh, with the potential that I'm going that going to the bank is going to take me two hours because I'll be delivering. <laughs> Sandwiches you're, to you're making a couple bucks in between to the Trumps. <laughs> I don't think uh, he can yes. hang. He he yes. delivers ribs to ribs <laughs> to the elites. <laughs> um, so we, that's the episode. Should we bang it? Let's do it. Uh, I'm gonna go eight. It's nice. a good episode. Yeah, get, seven eight. Getting back on track. I would say. Uh, it's interesting because this is, as, as Ashley said, as she t- unveiled the veil of Dan's would-be marriage, I didn't uh, invest as much time. Usually I'm a two or three episode watcher and I singleted this one. Uh, and off that, watching as a normal viewer, I would say I'd walk away with this one very satisfied. I'll go eight with you as well. Yeah, I just think it the, and it could have gone totally the opposite like we haven't actually done this for a few weeks right like if it had been a a even on the fence borderline bad one i think it would have been awful right it could have soured real quick um but i thought this was a good episode to like it just happenstance worked out that way like harry was great like everybody got good gags yeah everybody had good bits not too much focus on on uh no, there wasn't too many weird story arcs going on to distract. You no, kind of no. had a you had a clean arc, and I was worried because it starts and we start with dumb bull. There's dumb bull gags, and I'm right. like, oh god. <laughs> For yeah. me, that's always my canary in the coal mine. Like, 
what corner of the writer's room it is. And it, when it, when you get a lot of dumb bull, I'm like, eh. Yeah, that's a, that just, can be a little just, intense. It, it's just lazy. It's just easy. It's too easy. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, dumb is easy. Sex is easy. Even, even like, Dan mistreating uh, a rich socialite is, is easy, and they managed to um, make layer it and make it a little more complex. No, and that's what I thought, too, reading the description. I was like, ah, uh, she's going to be, it said, ugly duckling. She's going to be a goon. Right. And Dan's going to take advantage, and then through some sort of goofy happenstance, like, she'll discover that Dan's a jerk. Mm-hmm. So I liked how it panned out that, She's like she's the scumbag. Like, no, I, I like money too much. Like, yeah, yeah. She's the Dan, you. really. Yeah, which I thought was great. Uh, um, I don't I know if, if Ash gavel banged it. Gavel bang, bud. Whoo! She's going nine, ten for Phyllis, though. Oh nine man, I hate to see the episode that turns us sour because it's going to get abused. We've been we've been on a zero. nice high streak. Yeah, we've never given a zero, have we? No, I think four is the lowest we've gone. We yeah, we'd be real assholes to give anything a zero. Are you the only one who's not given a ten? Yeah, I think Ash is the only one who's never given ten. Right? I've given ten. I've given ten. We're easy. We're an easy, <laughs> easy marks. I mean, we live. We live in the Midwest in the winter. Like that's all it takes to be easy. Right. I was thinking about that when we we're back in South Dakota. It's like. Yeah, there's winters very cold in New York, but the thing about New York is there's always something to do. So when I was yeah. in South Dakota for near two weeks and it was cold and you could barely go outside, I was like, "There's nothing. There's nothing to do here." Which is like, which is our... on me, by the way. It's not on South yeah. Dakota. Anybody, everybody should be shouting. There's so many things you can you can you could have been doing, but instead I just sat and stared at. Like my old art projects. Oh God! So same here. I was like so sick of looking at all my old shit. Hey, Harv. All right, so we got two eights and a nine. Two eights and a nine, and a ten for the strip. And a ten for Phyllis the strip. All right. Well, I think that's and a happy new year. Yeah, and then the new year, new year, new app, good one. Uh, The night is long and full of weirdos. Court, hey, Court, jeez, rusty <laughs> trombone. All right, uh, let me think. Uh, da 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 da. I got, I gotta take, I gotta take a. Uh, here, I'll stop recording. I gotta take a. <laughs> Case 31, back in action. Happy New Year. Happy Night Court New Year. What a doozy. Little loose. Nothing wrong with that. Little rambly. That's new. It's not. Uh, anyways, if you like the podcast, definitely go back and rewatch the episodes, re listen to our companions, right? Um, we also have another podcast, our main podcast, which is Jerk Practice, available on iTunes and Google Play. Do us a 
<laughs> what is it? Do us a kindness and uh, give us a give us a review on this podcast if you liked it. Um, give us some stars. That would help other people find the podcast. And uh, it's good to be back. Back in the New York groove. Night court. Hi, Dan. I haven't seen you for weeks. You were supposed to call. So. You can make it up by taking me to lunch. No, 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 I can't, I can't. I've just been through a devastating emotional experience and I'm going to need a sufficient amount of time to get back on my feet. So how about a late dinner? (laughs) 